Welcome to Polycast. I'm your host, Davey Drones, and on this show, I explore the lives of Cal Poly students, faculty, and alumni who share their stories and experiences. My guest today is James Whelan, a fifth-year biology and marine science student here at Cal Poly. James is a returning guest here on the show as we spoke about his rattlesnake research on episode 13. He's back again to talk about his experience in scientific scuba diving and how it has opened new outlets in educational outreach for him. So please welcome my good friend James here on Polycast. Let's get started here. James, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Yeah, love to be here. Uh, we have such fun conversations. Yeah. I can't not come back. And so the, <laughs> my, my first question for you is, how are the rattlesnakes? That's a good question. I actually haven't worked with a rattlesnake in probably a year and a half with a live one. Probably a year since I worked with skins. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I'm very yeah. sad about that. Mm-hmm. We've, we've just been writing... Uh, the paper for the last projects that we've been finishing up and doing, we've just been making sure we can try to get that published, and that's been mm-hmm. over a year long thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I haven't worked with <laughs> I haven't worked with a live rattlesnake in a while. I've been doing outreach events with a bunch of other species, but totally. unfortunately, no rattlesnakes, okay. which makes me sad. That's a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm very upset. About <laughs> I'm still known as the rattlesnake guy. <laughs> um, and so you know, it's been under a year since we last chatted what what's new uh i'm finishing up next quarter so winter quarter is going to be my last quarter here in san luis obispo which is a bittersweet thing i've been here for five years and i'm about to move on to another chapter and see what that leads me to um with me not working with the rattlesnakes for a while i've kind of the time that i had dedicated to that which was almost all of it (laughs) i've been able to kind of throw out and and put into some other areas which has been really fun and really rewarding mm-hmm. um i've i've been diving for the school i've been uh working on scientific diving projects for a little bit i helped with the scientific diving class so i actually got to go out and set up uh drills and and run the class through stuff and and be just an extra safety diver for that i've worked on a, a couple projects with that uh, I've just been kind of running around. Did some yeah. all, some small mammal trapping for the first time. That was interesting to mm-hmm. like learn how to handle rodents, which I never thought about. I was yeah. doing. I'd yeah. never be like, oh, you know what? I want to go do catch some mice. <laughs> like I never <laughs> thought that was going to be a thing. Um, classes have been tricky, but I've just been doing mostly outreach and and marine stuff. Working cool. on the boats, working in an engineering shop. Yeah. Um, so learning how to use all the tools and build stuff and work on boats and everything like that. Yeah. So I've been spreading my spreading my knowledge out, which has been nice. There you go. That's awesome. And so with this like scientific diving, tell me a little bit about that. Like, were you in the marine class that the scientific dive class? Yeah. So not this last summer, twenty nineteen. Right? That's what year it is. I'm losing my mind over the time. Um, summer twenty eighteen, I took the scientific diving class at Cal Poly. Um, I got yelled at by the professor that I didn't take it in 2017 because he was also my boss at the time. So the year before, he was like, you're taking the class, right? And I'm like, I'm not even open water certified. And he was like, well, get open water and then get in the class. I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. Like, I'm doing all this other stuff. He's like, I don't care. Take the class. And got all 
like jokingly mad at me. Yeah. And so finally I took it in 2018. Um, and it's a three-week class at Cal Poly, and it's application-based. So just because you sign up doesn't mean you get in. You actually can't sign up for it until you get approved off the application. Um, you have to have some form of faculty backing. So typically a professor will sign off saying, yes, I want them as a scientific diver. Um, or like you're working in a lab that needs divers. Uh, I think it's 10, only 10 people, 8 or 10 people in the class at every year. Um, and this year, I think we had like 25 applicants, which is like the highest number to date. Um, so I was lucky enough to get in, but I have a decent amount of connections through the Marine Department. So that kind of finagled me in <laughs> somehow. Um, and it was a blast. It's three weeks in August. So for three weeks straight, you're in the water every day. Um, you're in the classroom, usually for the mornings, learning how to calculate uh uh, float bag weights or your air things or you're learning species or you're learning CPR or something like that. So we do a ton of in-class work. We're there every day at 8 a.m. and then we're usually in the water by 11, maybe noon. And where do you, you go out to Avila to the Cal Poly yeah. Pier? Okay. Yeah, so we do the first week at the Cal Poly pool, which is nice. So you get pool time and you do your checkout dives and you do a lot of the drills in the pool just to get used to it. So you do your, your ditch and dawn. So you take all your gear off on the bottom, go up to the surface, swim back down, put all your gear back on. So you get comfortable with like if you lose a fin or if your weight belt comes off and your buoyancy is all screwy. Mm -hmm. um, and what are these like drills you mentioned? So the ones that I help set, so we do a lot of different things. There's a swim test, so you have to swim, I don't even remember the distance. Uh, I think it's 2,500 yards in 12 minutes, which for a swimmer is not much. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm way off on that. No, that is way too far. I just realized. 2,500. That is way too far. <laughs> like, 500. Okay, yeah. 500 yards. My bad. 500 yards in like 12 minutes, which... For like the Cal Poly pool, a down and back is 50 yards. So down and back, basically 12 times, like eight or 10 times, let's say. Yeah, 10 times down and back in 12 minutes. So you have to do a little That's over a, a minute of down yeah. and back. Yeah. And I'm not a distance swimmer. So, so I made it in like eight minutes. So I still had four to spare, but I was gassed. Oh, man. Um, and then you have to do 25 yards underwater with no kick off the wall. So you're just treading water and then you go under and then you swim straight 25 yards underwater. Um, and then we did a bunch of different like safety drills where one person will take their mask off and then you have your buddy swim next to you and like guide you and then you're sharing air. So you do a lot of like air sharing drills mm -hmm. um, to make sure that if an incident goes down where you're on the bottom or you're working on something and your regulator gets knocked out of your mouth or something goes on, you're, you and your buddy are on the same page of like, here's my secondary or here's mine, let's share. Or if somebody has an air leak and they're out of air, then you have to share and yeah. figure out how to get to the surface safely. Yeah. That's good you practice that because, I mean, with the regular certs, I mean, they tell you, yeah. oh, yeah, you have the secondary, but you don't yeah. use it or anything. Yeah, so we do a lot of practicing mm -hmm. of that where one person will be, like, without a mask, so they'll be, <laughs> they'll be blind, and then you have to swim down and back. You have to do 50 yards, one person blind, sharing air the whole way, um, and then you swap. You do a lot of like if you're missing one piece of gear type drills. So you work on, you do some free diving stuff. You do some uh, safety drills. We were also trained on full face masks, um, which have microphones and speakers in them. So we can actually communicate in the water. 
um, which is really cool. But the safety stuff going through that was weird because you don't have a regulator in your mouth. Right. So like, oh, I'm going to take my mask off and clear it. If you take your mask off with that, you're also taking your regulator. And if it has water in it, you can't breathe. Because it's all one compartment. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So learning how to clear that and like take it off correctly and put it back on and clear it was trippy. And then we did everything in the pool and then we did everything in Avila as well. So we went out to Avila Beach and did all the same drills in murky water. <laughs> exactly. So we did the full face mask drills at the base of the Cal Poly Pier, which is about 40 feet down. And it was really cold. It was a cold day. And my partner actually panicked when they were doing it. So they took it off and then putting it back on, they didn't clear it all the way. So when they went back to take a breath, they got some water in their mouth. And so they just panicked and like ripped it off. And I could like see in the moment that they were gonna panic. So I just had my secondary and I was like slowly getting closer and closer as our instructor's right next to me and he's watching like really closely. And right as they pulled there, because I could tell they were panicking, I just shoved my secondary in their mouth. <laughs> like before any, I was like, nope, not even playing. They shoved secondary in their mouth. They cleared it. It was all good. They were fine. And my, my instructor just kind of like turned and looked at me and was just like, oh, good job. <laughs> like he didn't even realize that it was like getting closer and closer with the secondary. Oh, so um, that's some pretty good experience. Like yeah. I mean, when we met, we were, I mean, I guess you had just gotten your cert. Yeah, I just got, got my, one. I just finished my advanced dive cert when, okay. when we met uh, going out to Catalina. Yeah. And so are now you like hooked on diving some more? Yeah. Or? I mean, I love it. And I, it's hard for me to do casual dives now because I don't have a task at hand. <laughs> like it's really weird for me to like go diving just to go dive. Yeah. Because then I'm like, all right, what are we doing? I'm like on the bottom. I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Are we sampling? Are we doing fish count? What are we doing? And it's just like, no, we're just going and looking. I'm like, what do you mean we're looking? Like, are we collecting stuff? It's just, it's a different mindset now. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the things you do on scientific diving? Um, so the big thing, or the, the, one of the funnest things I've been able to do is called the Dive Beneath the Surface Program, or DBS. And what we do with those full face masks is we actually live stream our dives to local middle school and high schools. And on YouTube, so it's like complete live stream, anybody can watch it, and then they are able to type in the YouTube live chat, and then we have our surface crew who has a computer streaming, and they're reading the chat, and then they're relaying the questions down to us, and they so the stream can hear the top and can hear us underwater. So they're asking us live questions as we're diving, and doing these lesson plans of like, here in California, we're in a temperate zone, and we have these types of organisms and yada, yada, yada. And then they'll be like, oh, what is that orange thing on the piling? And we'll be like, oh, this right here, this is a pisaster. It's a type of sea star. They're native to this whole coastline. They can come in colors from orange to purple to shades of blue. And we're live streaming to classrooms, giving actual lesson plans, especially for kids that are more inland that may not be able to go to the coast and just go tide pooling. Mm -hmm on their weekend for fun. So we were live streaming to a high school in Paso Robles, which I know isn't inland inland. It's not right. uh, Bakersfield or even Nevada or Iowa or any <laughs> landlocked place like that. But classrooms all over the all over the country could tune into these live streams and watch. Um, That's amazing. Wow. Which, yeah, I yeah. love. I've gotten really into the education side mm -hmm. of things in probably the last couple years. I've just been loving it. When it, either it's DBS or it's an open house event, either at Poly or out at the Cal Poly Pier. I've worked every open house at the pier for the last 
And they just had one. Yeah, they just had one. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I worked the boat the whole time. <laughs> I was up on the boat the entire time. Um, I don't. I haven't missed an open house since my freshman year. So the I missed the fall one my freshman year because I didn't know that was a real thing. <laughs> and then I haven't missed one since the spring of my freshman year. So going up on five years now, I've been at every single one, That's and cool. I think I've worked most of them. And what what's the open house look like? So the open house. So once a year, the Cal Poly Pier, which is not available to the public, you can't right. just go out and. I mean, people try. Little, like bikers will be like, "Hey, can I go on the pier?" I'm like, "Nah, sorry." Like, there are two other ones. Come on, don't be. Changing. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, but that one I'm not allowed on, so I want to be on it. And so once a year, we open it up to the public, and uh, we have a bunch of professors and a ton of students that are either working on projects. There's a communicating marine science to the public class at Cal Poly, so that class comes out and sets up twenty booths of just communicating marine science to the public. Um, we open up the aquarium we have, the tank room we have, the classroom. We'll set up a bunch of microscopes. And in the mornings, I'm usually the one doing a plankton tow before anybody gets there so that we can set up plankton samples, like live plankton samples that we just took off the pier so people can see, oh, these are actually like the microorganisms that are right there over the edge. Um, the DBS program had a booth there and it was supposed to be a live dive but the swell picked up mm-hmm. and got kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so we canceled that just to be safe. And we showed another dive that I was actually on where we had like 40 foot visibility below the pier. And it was wow. like crystal blue and it was incredible. It was one of the best dives I've I've been on here in slow. And uh, it was a blast. So they were showing that and we have it actually we have a diving booth where it's basically a giant kiddie pool <laughs> that we go and we go out and dive and collect crabs and slugs and just everything we can find and we put it in this kiddie pool and then we have kids put on a mask and we give them a regulator and they stick their head in the pool and they like look around they're looking at stuff and like this is what it's like to be a scientific diver and you get to go do this and blah 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 so there's always kids running around just drenched (laughs) they're just soaking wet the whole time and you're like oh you went to the diving booth didn't you it was awesome i touched a crab and like they get so happy and so excited and then uh, I worked on uh, the T.L. Richards, which is our biggest boat in our fleet. And so we had that on deck. And then I was on there, and I just talked about uh, our boating fleet, our scientific boating, uh, the diving stuff we do off the boat, all the different operations we run off of it, um, and running through some of the instruments and the GPS and saved saved uh, GPS points we have and the reefs around the area and had the radio just running. Yeah, totally. That's wild. And... Is that part of the, because for the scientific dive course, mm-hmm. do you do the boat stuff as well? I or? wish. I'm trying I'm trying to finagle my captain's license next summer. So the scientific boating is a separate thing. And okay. usually you only get that if you're on a project that needs captains. Gotcha. Like, oh, we need to be taking this boat out once a week to like check this instrument or go do this work or blah, blah, blah. So then you will get trained to be a scientific boating captain. And then you get your scientific boating license for that. I'm yet to do that, but I'm going to talk my way into it somehow. <laughs> like, I'm just going to finagle somehow, get a captain's license yeah. out. Have you been on the boat just for transportation? Oh, yeah. So I've been on four out of the five boats Cal Poly has. I've, the only one I haven't been on is the Bay Runner, which is just a little, like, 12-foot aluminum dinghy that we use in Morro Bay or in, yeah, mostly in Morro Bay just to zip around really fast. Um, but we have, there's Four other boats that I've been on. Um, 
either for work, for a class. So we do a lot of class field trips where we'll go and we'll take the boats out and throw a class on there and go whale watching or go figure something out. Um, and then we have like the Zodiac, which is a Zodiac. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite boats, if not my favorite boat. Totally. Because it's just so much fun to just... Right there on the water. And you're just right on the water and yeah. you're holding on all your scuba gears bouncing. Yeah. And, it's just so much fun. I don't know. For me, it's fun. It's like feeling like a Navy SEAL, even though I'm not one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. One foot hanging over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I've been able, luckily, I've been able to to drive to two of the boats. So I've gone out with, obviously, I wasn't driving alone. I was with captains, and they were showing me certain things, and they let me drive if they were working on something or something like that. So... And I grew up, I grew up boating. So I grew up in small to mid-sized boats. And I usually was, I've, I've been driving boats since I was like six or seven. Well, um, <laughs> right. I know. Then it's bound to be. Gotta I know. I, I would always, I would always pepper yeah, that. And I'd be like, don't worry, I'm comfortable driving boats. And they'd yeah. be like, all right, fine. Take the wheel. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> they'd like, let me do it. That's cool. So you went through this scientific diving, mm-hmm. you know, class and now you're helping instruct it. What, what, how does it um, work? So with it, I've been able to do a variety of projects. And one of the projects that I'm actually on right now, I'm going to be working over the summer with. So it kind of turned into a job, which is nice. So I'm going to be sampling uh, up and down the California coast uh, next summer from Monterey to San Diego and out at the Channel Islands and Catalina and, and San Luis and Big Sur and the LA Basin and San Diego. And it's just going to be awesome. So I got my certification and that allows me to do any sort of scientific diving anywhere in the country if not the world, um, if you're AAUS, which is the, the program it is, AAUS Scientific Diver Certified, you have to do a certain number of dives each year to keep that certification. Um, that's how they know you're still up on it, and you can get hired and be paid to do scientific diving anywhere. So whether it's uh, doing aquarium work and just cleaning the insides at an aquarium somewhere, granted, you can be an advanced diver and be an aquarium diver. But I think if you're doing research at the aquarium and you're actually like working with those animals, you have to be scientific diving certified. Um, it's basically just another like level of the, <laughs> of the like dive certs. You know, they always have their levels. Yeah. Um, and what are you sampling this summer? Uh, we'll be looking at what's called Kellett's Welk. Uh, Coletia Coletia? I think it's a scientific name. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong actually. Um, but they're sea snails, uh, they're shelled sea snail, and we'll be looking at population dynamics because they spread from Monterey all the way down to San Diego, which is a big range, yeah. and water temperature is a huge difference between, like, the L.A. basin where it gets into the mid-70s in summer and Monterey where it's in the 50s in the winter. And 20 degrees might not seem like a lot to us. Like, oh, 50 to 70, yeah, you might put a jacket on. But to a marine organism... <laughs> A 20-degree swing is unheard of. So the fact that this species is able to span that huge range of temperatures, we want to see, one, if there's anything genetically different about any of these populations along the coastline, or if there's something specifically allowing them to spread that temperature range. And then we're also going to look at connectivity between populations, so basically how connected they are to each other like our species over here when they spawn are those larvae making it to this population mm-hmm. so that they're all genetically kind of similar there's there's connection genetically between them which then keeps genetic diversity up and allows this allows this uh, 
uh, spread of the populations to all remain intact and all remain in touch. And then that further could lead towards, I mean, it could help out with protection stuff. So if somebody wants to protect, let's say, a spot on the Channel Islands or on Catalina, be like, hey, we need to protect this kelp forest because it's a it's an extremely good habitat. Well, kelp's welk are are a huge species in kelp forest. They're they're a huge food source for a lot of things. Um, they have shells which are calcium, so they can help out with a lot of other other mineral processes. And so it's like, okay, well, if we want to protect that, well, this population keeps getting spawned from this area based on the currents. So maybe we also want to think about protecting this area over here because we keep getting this population flux from this area. So if we only protect that, but then this goes away, well, then we're going to lose that species in the area we're protecting, even though we were protecting it. So it's like this, this kind of like connectivity idea of currents and just how things mix and match together. Um, and then there's going to be a portion of it going down into Baja, Mexico, uh, in Norte, and I'm going to figure out how I can talk my way into that as well. I'm planning on talking my way in on a lot of things. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm like, I'm kind of playing it as I go and, and playing it by ear and on the flow. So I don't know. As long as I keep getting to do that and then do education in between, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'll dive here and then I'll teach here and then I'll go dive again and then I'll go do more teaching. I'm like, cool, I'm good. I'm happy. Well, that's wonderful. That's, um, any final things you want to share for now? I mean, that kind of wraps <sighs> things up, man. My goodness. Um, if anybody has the opportunity to go to, like, an environmental outreach program, whether it be the Cal Poly Pier Open House or whether it be, I know every now and then City of San Luis does, like, Nature Day down by the, down by the Mission where they'll open everything up and they'll have people come out. I've worked those events as well. They're a blast. Um, go to them. Go check out your local either the local science going on or just the local outreach events, they're, one, they're a blast. I mean, I may be biased because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, go animals. But um, the people there want to be there to, to inform the audience, inform the public specifically. Like everyone that I've ever worked, I'm there to get someone excited about nature get someone excited about science even, even if they're not a scientist and they're just like, oh, I don't understand science. Be like, okay, well then how about this organ? Like, how about this animal? That's pretty cool. Um, highly recommend going to those, even if it's just for an hour, you go talk to somebody. Um, if it's state parks or national parks, go check out your local state and national parks, your city parks. Just go look around. You'd be surprised at what you can find when you just start looking. Like all the local hikes here, I just like, look down I'm like oh there's a salamander like there's a slender salamander right there which are these tiny little tiny little guys that are like this big and tail is half their body and they got itty bitty little arms and itty bitty little legs and they're just like the cutest things on the planet <laughs> and they just kind of wiggle through dirt and like they're adorable so just go get outside go learn something even like I just pick up field guides Wherever I go places, I'm like, oh, let's see what animals are here. And then I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to see. And then I, like, go look for it. <laughs> like, um, yeah, just just go have fun. Have fun with learning. Yeah. Like, have fun with it. There's no reason it should be boring awesome. or, like, annoying to learn. Right. Totally. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for yeah, having us again. Thanks for having Pleasure me, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode, and be sure to check out all the other episodes of Polycast, which are available on any of the podcast platforms. This episode is brought to you by the Polycast team, with special thanks to Sophie Hosbein, Daisy Kensler, and Sophia Minhas. I'm your host, Davey, and you've been listening to Polycast. Polycast.